This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will day and night. I will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then my way shall be prosperous, and then I will have good success. Tell somebody I'm getting ready to be blessed. You may take your seats. Verse 30 says, of 1 Samuel chapter 2, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. We've been sharing with this for the last four weeks. I believe this is our fifth week in this particular series. And uh, just really talking about honor. And the purpose of this message really is to sensitize us uh, to the significance of those of us who are around us. Or in other words, to make us aware that there are others who are around us who deserve honor. Amen? Who deserve honor, who are significant. Tell someone next to you, you are significant. Tell somebody else, you are significant. Tell one more person, you are important. Yes, yes, yes. No matter what has happened, no matter what people have said, you are important. Declare to you that through this, declare to you that this is a season and a time of honor that God has turned in our direction and he has favored us. Even though we know we're in the dispensation of favor or of grace, if you will, God has a special time of, of honor that he's bringing to his people at this time. Now, we've covered a lot of ground already, so please forgive me for not reviewing uh, as heavily as I normally do. I kind of want to get right to where I need to go today. Is that okay? Okay. Go with me now to Matthew chapter number 10. We kind of left off there, and I want to pick up and then take it to our conclusion. Matthew chapter number 10. 10. Now, as we're going to Matthew 10, of course, we'll go there to verse 40. But as we go there, I just want to make sure that we understand the context uh, that we use for our foundational text today. What's happening is God has sent a man of God. He sent a prophet to Eli, the priest. And as he sent a prophet to Eli, the priest, uh, he sent them, sent the prophet with his word to let Eli know, uh, in summary, to let Eli know that uh, I am not pleased with how you have managed the office of the priesthood. More specifically is because of his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who he uh, did not correct He did not correct their behavior. He did talk to them, but he did not correct their behavior. If you read the story, he didn't correct their behavior. He let it happen. He allowed it to happen without correction. Amen. There was nothing that he did to stop them. And as a result of that, uh, these guys, Hophni and Phinehas, what they did was, first of all, they uh, invaded and they took what belonged to God, God's offering, And then, number two, what they did also was that they 
uh, abused the women who worked at the temple. They abused the women at the temple. And the Bible says about them, I believe it's in the verse 18 of the second chapter of uh, 1 Samuel. I believe it says that, it, the Bible says that Eli's sons were the sons of Belial. Okay, they were exactly, they were worthless. The word Belial not only means wicked, but it means worthless. Okay, and as we're talking about honor, we're really talking about uh, to esteem high. We're really talking about to give weight to when we're talking about honor. We're really talking about valuing. It means to add value or to value something or someone as we're talking about honor. And so God says that Eli, who's the priest, his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, that they were the sons of Belial in character. Okay, and Belial means worthless. So when you're really talking about honor, you have to really look at value. So God is saying that they are worthless. They don't deserve honor. And so the judgment God speaks upon Eli, he's saying that what's going to happen is I'm going to judge you because you mishandled the priesthood in your time. The promise that I made concerning the priesthood, I have to now interrupt it. Because of how you mishandled the priesthood by not, uh, by not dealing with your sons. So he says the consequence that comes now is that you, uh, I'm going to remove you from the priesthood and that your sons will also suffer the consequence. And the, end up, the consequence was, was that um, Eli, his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they were killed in battle. As a result, watch this, as a result of the Ark of the Covenant being taken away from Israel, out of the temple, away from them. Okay, what happened is the, the Ark of the Covenant was taken. They went into battle to try to preserve it. And Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, they were killed in that battle. Now, when the news got back, when they brought messenger came back and brought the news to Eli, because the judgment was to was on Eli and his sons and the family. Well, the news got back to Eli that his sons were killed. Well, ain't no big deal. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing that's all right. They were bad anyway. They were knuckleheads anyway. Ain't no problem. He didn't get, he didn't, it, was, it didn't bother him that his sons got killed because he couldn't do nothing with them himself. If you read the story, that didn't bother him. But what bothered him was that the Ark of the Covenant had been taken. And because the Ark of the Covenant had been taken, it was then that he fell over and broke his neck. That he died. So judgment came upon Eli and his sons. Are y'all here? That's the foundation of the text. I'm going to go ahead and take you somewhere because I might find it at the end as well. But the interesting thing, too, is when you look at the word, um, look at the word honor that we're dealing with, it not only means to value or to add value to, not only means to esteem highly or to give high respect, high regard, or to give weight to, it also comes from the word that means glory. It means glory. Are you here? It means glory. And so here it is now that once... Hophni and Phinehas had died in battle because the Ark of the Covenant was taken. Eli now is dead. Ark of the Covenant is taken. The issue is that one of Eli's son's wife was pregnant. She was pregnant. Now watch this now. She was pregnant. And when she heard that her husband had died, she got the news, her husband died. 
father-in-law dead. She was at the point of, of death now in giving birth. And at, after she had given birth, she didn't say anything because they were trying to speak to her. But when she named the child, she named the child Ichabod. The word kabod is the word glory. Kabod is glory. Okay. So now she names her son Ichabod. Because the Ark of the Covenant had been taken or the presence of God had been removed. Oh my God. The presence of God is now removed from the camp of Israel. Or in essence, the glory of the Lord is gone. So she names her son Ichabod because there is no honor now left in Israel. It had been taken. But the issue is the Philistines and those who took it they couldn't hold on to it. They couldn't hold on to because the glory was not for them. And I told you before, a couple of weeks back, that those who try to dishonor you in your season of honor, they're not actually dishonoring you. They're dishonoring God. And so if they try to dishonor you, they're dishonoring him, which means God's going to judge them. So those who try to take your glory, pardon me, those who try to take your honor, to take the value away from you, God says, I'm going to deal with it because they're not going to be able to handle what they've taken. Are y'all here? They're not going to be able to hold in their hands what God has reserved for you. That was a good place right there to clap your hands and shout. They're not going to be able to keep what's yours. What God has for you, come on, it is for you. Come on, say, what God has for me is for me. Don't worry about who's trying to take it from you. Don't worry about who who seems to have it and it's yours. Don't worry about it. God's going to deal with them. Are y'all with me? Okay. So now, as we're in Matthew chapter number 10, verse 40, Watch it. It says, he that receiveth you, what? Receiveth me. He that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Remember the demonstration last week? Okay. So those who receive you are actually receiving Jesus. And those who receive Jesus, Christ, if you will, are actually receiving God, the one who sent Jesus. So now those who receive you are, those who honor you are actually honoring Jesus, actually honoring God. Okay, so those who receive you are those who esteem you or those who value you or those who honor you. Come on, they're actually honoring God. Okay, now let's go to work for a few minutes here now. Now, with that in mind, the scripture goes on and says, he that receiveth a prophet, verse 31, in the name of a prophet shall receive what? A prophet's reward. Let me take my time. Those who receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. 
those who receive a prophet as a real prophet. Okay? You receive a prophet as an authentic prophet. You receive a prophet, watch this, in the name of or in the authority of a prophet. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to receive a prophet's reward. A prophet's reward comes twofold. Watch this now. When you honor a prophet, receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, here's what happens. Two ways. You have, Lord have mercy, you have, this is too good, you have placed a demand on the prophet. See, some of y'all, y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. When you receive a prophet, what you're actually doing in honoring that prophet is you're putting a demand on that prophet. You're putting a demand, watch this, on the prophetic gift. That means that when the prophet begins to expound or to preach, that means that as you have received the prophet, when the prophet begins to expound, declare, preach, you have also placed a demand on that prophet For God to speak directly to you, to your issue. Okay, let me me see if I can do it. A prophet comes and stands on behalf and speaks on behalf of God. A priest comes on behalf of the people to God. So a prophet now speaks on behalf of God to the people. So a prophet, when God sent the man of God to Eli... Eli was carrying God's word. So he was representing God. It was as if God was there speaking. Are y'all here? When you receive a prophet, you're actually saying, God, speak to my issue. Give me the answers I need. Speak into my life. Come on, y'all. Speak into my... So you're putting a demand. So the first part of the reward is that you're, you, you now place a demand on the anointing of the prophet so that the prophet can speak to your issue. You need God on the case. How many of y'all need God to talk about, talk to you concerning some stuff? You get God on the scene. The second part of receiving the prophet and getting a prophet's reward is that I'm going to give it all away right now because applies, the principle applies to the rest of everything now. When you receive the prophet, you're also receiving the grace that's on the prophet. I can go home now. I'm finished now. You receive the grace that's on the prophet. So the grace that's on the prophet to do what the prophet does, when you receive the prophet or honor the prophet, the grace that's on that prophet now comes on you. It would be nothing for you to begin to preach like the prophet. It would be nothing for you to receive what the reward comes to the prophet, to, into your life. When a prophet obeys God, God honors that prophet. God blesses that prophet. Are you all here? And the blessing that comes on the prophet because you've received the prophet in the name of a prophet, the grace causes it to come to you. There's a transfer that happens in your life. The ease in which the prophet operates in. 
comes on your life. Somebody shout grace. It's a grace that transfers over into your life. Y'all with me? I gave the whole story away now. I'm actually in my conclusion right now. Now, let me go on further. Y'all got it? All right. So then let's go to the next one then. He says, and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. It's saying a man who is upright. Oh, my Lord. A man of integrity. And I say, I say man, I'm talking male, female. Okay. A man of integrity. A righteous man. A man who is after God's heart. A man who is obedient to God. Come on. When you now receive a righteous man, a man of integrity, a man of character in your life, here's what happens now. You now have the right to receive a transfer from that righteous man's life into your life. So if your integrity is in question, when you receive a righteous man in your presence, what happens or honors him, God says the integrity, the grace, That character that's on him is transferred onto you. The way, the thing, the power that's on that righteous man to live righteous comes on you. It dismisses your challenge. It dismisses the the degree of difficulty out of your life. If it used to be hard for you to do right, hard for you to live right, hard to you to come on, to be truthful and honest, the grace transfers over into your life, and without effort, you are honest, you are integrous, you are a person of character. And you don't know how you got there, but it was a transfer that came in your life because you honored a righteous man. There's a grace, yeah, that comes on your life. There is an ease that comes on your life. Your days of toil and sweat are over when you honor a righteous man. The difficulty, the hardship, the struggle is over. Y'all got to catch it now. Y'all got to catch it. Somebody shout grace. It's a grace that comes on you. It's a grace that comes on you. Hallelujah. It ain't just a man of God that's being blessed. God is evening out the playing field now. The days of talking about the preacher and talking about the righteous man are over. Because you used to look at them and envy them and want what they have. And because you couldn't have it, you would talk about them, put your mouth on them. But the day you open your heart and honor them and receive them is the day now that what the righteous man, what the prophet has in their life comes on you now. Come on, shout it out. The day of my prosperity is here. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's no other way. God has given and prescribed the way to honor. He says, those that honor me, I'm going to honor them. Let me keep going. 42. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. 
Verily, truly, I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his. Now, when he says little ones, he ain't talking about little children. Okay, I'm just going to cut to the chase. He's not just talking about, he's not talking about little children. He's talking about those who are not living in a blessed state in life. Those who don't seem to be prosperous in life. When you walk the streets and you see someone who is struggling, who is hungry, who don't have any clothes, but you honor them, not in the state that they're in, but you receive them as a disciple. Everybody say click, click. You can't see them as derelicts anymore. You can't see them as less than because everyone who is saved don't have what you have. There's some people who love the Lord, but they don't have a whole lot. Come on, come on, come on, come on. But if you receive them, if you honor them, if you give to them as honor that you would give to a disciple, the Lord says, whatever you have given, will you will not lose your reward. There is a day that God will honor that that you have done. Even to the least, God says, honor going to come to you. Which means you don't always have to have somebody above you that you give to, that you get a transfer from. But if you give someone beneath you, so to speak, in status, you know what I mean. Not that you're better than anybody, but that they don't have access to the resources that you have. But you honor them not as derelict status, but as disciples. God says, I will cause your reward to still come. You will not lose it. I will remember you. God says, I'm going to remember you. Somebody shout, grace. Grace Grace is an empowerment. It is an enablement that comes in your life. It is the picture of someone when you meet them who could not lift a hundred pounds. They struggle in a hundred pounds would take them under. But then when they have honored a righteous man, a prophet, come on y'all, that one who could not push up a hundred pounds now have a transfer that has come into their life and you give them a hundred pounds, they put that in one hand and take another one with another hand. And you look at the person and you wonder, how'd you do that? Have you ever looked at somebody and they're doing something? You wonder how they making it, how they're doing it. And you look, you wonder how they. Have you ever seen somebody who don't have a job, but it seemed to be more blessed than those who have. They seem to be doing all right. It's going to be all right. You know what I mean? They don't have what others have, but it seems like they're prospering beyond the others. Why? Because they knew the principle of honor. They knew how to honor and esteem and to value. Come on, come on, to add value to. They knew how to respect highly. 
They took God's perspective on the matter. And as a result of that, without a job, bills still getting paid. Ain't no problem with the, with, 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 ain't no problem with the mortgage. Ain't no problem with the rent. Car note every month getting paid. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know right now it's happening for me right now. Still got food on the table. It don't matter how you got it. God has a way to get it to you. Many times we want to make sure that tomorrow's all set. No, no, no. God said tomorrow will take care of it. Tell your neighbor, live in the day. Live in the day. Live in the day. Live, live, live in the day. Live where you are. Be where you are. Because what you're doing now will secure your tomorrow. So don't even, don't, 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 don't even try. It will take care of tomorrow. You don't need to see it manifesting in your refrigerator tomorrow. You don't need to look into it tomorrow to see if you got something in the refrigerator. Use all you got today and God has a supply for you tomorrow. Okay, 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 okay. Somebody shout, grace. It's a transfer coming. Transfer coming in my life. Transfer showing up in my life. The ease of life is about to show up for me now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many of you know that the currency of favor and the currency of faith is far beyond the currency of money most of the time? You don't always need money, but you always need favor. And if you got a bank and truck load of favor, you got everything you need because favor, they may not like you because you don't have the knot that they have, but you have your own knot and the knot you have is favor. And favor ain't fair. Favor ain't green. It don't have a president on the front or the back, but it has God on it. Y'all better cut it out. It's filled, come on, it's filled with gold. Come on, it's filled with purple. There's blue in it. It has everything that represents God. There's white in it. Okay, okay, okay. Somebody shout, favor. There's a grace that transfers over into your life. Go First Timothy chapter 5. I'm out of time, so let me hurry. First Timothy chapter 5. So the essence then of receiving, honoring a prophet receiving or honoring a righteous man is that the grace that is on their life transfers onto your life. What did I tell you to go? Pump your brakes. Follow me. Follow me over to Second um, uh, Corinthians. And then we'll start closing it down with First Timothy. 2 Corinthians chapter um, 5, because I left that with you too, verse number 20. 
Sorry, I didn't give you the list. It's coming. Y'all there? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It says, now, then, we are, come on, ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Now, I want to pull up and work on this part real quickly concerning ambassadorship. An ambassador is one who represents another. It's one who represents another. It's one who represents a nation. It is the president saying, I'm sending you to do and handle business on my behalf. I'm sending you out there to California to handle business on my behalf. Sending you to Connecticut to handle business on my behalf. I'm sending you to Zimbabwe to handle business on my behalf. I'm sending you to Brazil to handle business on my behalf. I'm sending you to New Mexico to handle business on my behalf. I'm sending you to the Canadian nation to handle business on my behalf. And what happens is as you are assigned and given ambassadorship, when you go to those nations or those areas, those states, what happens is they receive you presidentially. You are given the presidential treatment. For you not to be treated like they would treat the president is to not disrespect you, but to disrespect the, the president that you represented. Y'all hear? So we are told by the Apostle Paul that we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. And watch this now. Because we're ambassadors... Those who receive you as an ambassador in the name of an ambassador will find out that not only are they honoring you. Mother, you feel strong today? Stand. Not only are they receiving you, you're an ambassador. Not only are they receiving and honoring you. Here's what happens now. When they receive and honor you, there is a blessing for them. Okay, I know I said it already, but just kind of watch this now. Giving to you is more for me than it is for you. To honor you is more for my benefit than the benefit of you. So then, my giving and honoring you really ain't about you. It's really about... No, y'all got got to follow me on this now. You may be already abundantly supplied. You may already be rich and you don't need nothing. 
So when I honor you, I'm not giving to you to make you richer. I'm giving to you because it's a principle that I'm working. Because if I give to you, it brings benefit to me. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to honor you. But it ain't about you. I love you. I respect you. And because I love and respect you, I'm going to give to you. But I know the principle. So what I'm doing is looking for somebody that I can honor. Thank you, mother. See, I need you to get that in your spirit, in, 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 your, in, in your mental faculties. I need you to get that in your being. That when you honor and receive another, it's more about you than it is about them. Y'all hear? Don't, don't lose the word represent. I'm coming back to it. Okay? Now, travel with me real quick now. Where did I tell you to go before? First Timothy 5. Go there. Go there. I'm on your time now. First Timothy 5. 17. I got to hurry, so please forgive me. I'm going to run. It's up there. It says now, let the elders that rule well be counted what? Worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, I'm going to be bold enough to talk about the preacher. At the expense of you talking about me later on. It's all right. But for those of you who have the principle in mind, follow me. It says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy. Everybody say counted. That means that you have to assess. Double honor that the scripture talks about that comes to the elders that rule well has to do with those who not only are teachers, preachers of the word, and teachers of the doctrine, a systematic way, of doing things, but it has to also do with when that elder comes from behind his teaching and preaching moments to come down to where you are and to help you in everyday life. Because there are some who can only do that well. But they have no. Compassion enough. To come where the people are. And not just to come where they are. But to have substance to give to the people. So those that you count. Those that you assess. Who are doing double work. Should be counted. Worthy of double honor. Are y'all here? So now, the scripture is teaching 
that you bless the man and or woman of God. That you give to them. Now, am I trying to get an offering out of you today? Not for me. No, not at all. But I am telling you that in this season of honor, that not only has God says, Pastor, it's your time now to be moved into another level of pastoral responsibility called the bishopric. But not only is it a calling for you now to move into another level or realm of pastoral responsibility, I'm also calling those who serve with you, those who are partners with you, I'm calling them up as well. So now, for this church now, to be ready for what God has said in this time and season of honor, we must know how to honor in this season. Oh. We got to know how to honor because once we know how to honor, then God could send us anywhere. Because he knows that we will not misrepresent him wherever he sends us. Because we know how it works. We will honor those whom honor is due. He says, I'm going to honor those who honor me. In other words, there's no honor. We know, now, we know how to not honor those that God says don't need honor. Hophni and Phinehas. Sons of. But he says, those who I honor. You honor. Okay? Are we here? So now, with this in mind, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm on my 10 speed. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 12. I'm just checking. 12. 12. Anybody getting anything out of this? I know y'all ready to go home, but just give me just a few. I'm on your time, and God will give it back to you. Press down, shaking together, and running over. I just need to get this out. I need to empty this out. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Go with me to verse number. Mm-hmm. Yes. 11. Verse 11. Are you there? This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, uh, commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. 12. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Y'all see that? Look at 13. Watch it. He says now, for what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches? Look up real quick. Paul is saying, I have proven through the evidence of the signs and the wonders that I am a true apostle. Amongst the others who are out there, I may seem to be nothing, though. And then he says to them that I have 
made you to become an inferior church amongst the others. I have, Paul says, signs have been proven, but I am the cause of you becoming inferior to the other churches. He said, now, why, why? Let's read the rest of it. He says now, I'll start again. For what is it wherein you were inferior to other churches? Except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you. He says, forgive me this wrong. Paul says, I was wrong. When you see burdensome, it's not talking about being unjust to them. He was putting something on them that they shouldn't have. He was saying, in turn, if you have a translation, you, you, you have Amplified? Let me see if the Amplified has it there. Okay. For in what respect were you put to a disadvantage in comparison with the rest of the churches? Unless it was for the fact that I myself did not burden you with my financial support. So when you see the burdensome or the burden, okay, he's talking about I did not allow you or challenge you with my financial support. In other words, I didn't let you give to me. Now, I know, this, I know that seems a bit selfish when you read it. But if you got the principle that we've taught thus far, you can understand. Because as a result of Paul not allowing them to give to him, he has caused them to become an inferior church. He has made the people to be inferior. And Paul says, I'm so sorry. Forgive me this wrong. I've caused you to be less than who you are. I've not treated you. In that area, the way you should have been. I didn't honor you right. And that's what happens many times with a lot of leaders. They're afraid to talk in terms of financial support. I'm just teaching right now. I'm not asking you to give to me right now. I'm saying they're afraid to teach about financial support because they're afraid of what the people will say about them. But God says rather, click, click. That when you give to the man of God, you have removed them from being inferior to anybody. In fact, you've caused them to rise to the level that God has called them to be. Let me close. Let me close. Do me a quick favor. I know some of y'all engage with me right now. Do me a quick favor. Put your Bible down real quick. Stand to your feet. Get a good stretch. Take oxygen in your lungs. Blow it out. All right. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Okay. I don't want anybody going to sleep on this. You can't afford to go to sleep right now. I know I'm on your lunch time right now, but I can't afford you to go to sleep right now. Just write this scripture down. Second Samuel. Chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. It is a time when David and his army were getting ready to go into battle. 
as they were preparing to go into battle, David is an older man at this time. He has his army. And as he's preparing for the battle, one of his soldiers comes in and tells him, David, we cannot let you go out there with us. We can't let you go out on the field with us. He says, for thou art worth 10,000 of us. They have assessed the man's value. So David, we can't allow you to go out there with us. You are worth 10,000 of us. We need to preserve you. What do they do? They, be, they assess them, their man of God and say, we got this. Y'all with me? What they do? They honored David. They valued him. They esteemed him highly. Gave him high respect. Are y'all there? They gave weight to him. Are you there? Now, Genesis chapter 1. I want you to go there because I'm done. Genesis chapter number 1. Verse number 27. While you're traveling to Genesis chapter 1, Paul tells them in Philippians, he says, listen, thank you for your giving. I have all I need. That which you gave got to me. Thank you so much. But I want you to know that it wasn't about you giving to me that was so important. Paul says, it's my desire that there be fruit that will abound to your account. I want you to be blessed. Your giving to me causes fruit to abound in your account. Genesis 1, 27. The Bible says, so God created man in his own image. You see that? In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. The highest honor. The highest honor. Has been bestowed upon us. God has given us more honor. Than he's given anything else. In his creation. He has given mankind more honor. Than he's given to any. Of his other creation. Mankind has more honor than the plant. Kingdom. The vegetation kingdom. The animal kingdom. More honor. The Bible says God created man in his image. Image is the word representative. God did not use an elephant to represent him in the earth. God did not use a lion, though he can roar, king of the jungle. He did not use a lion to represent him in the earth. He did not use a hippopotamus to represent him in the earth. He did not use the evergreens to represent him in the earth. Are you all here? He made us in his image and after his likeness, which means that we are the only ones who have been bestowed the honor to represent him adequately in the earth. So the principle of honor really is the restoration of our image. It's really the 
the restoring of who God originally made us. So hear my announcement in my closing. That this is your day and season for honor. God has looked in your direction. God has lifted his scepter and he has pointed it towards you. Because now, as he's honoring you, because you have honored him, he wants everyone else to know, I have chosen you for this time. God wants everyone else to know that those who have been down for so long, those who have humbled themselves, those who have gone through and have come out with godly character, he says, now is your time. For honor. He tells everything around you. It's time to honor you. Stand to your feet. It's time to honor you. It's your day. Of honor. Sorry for rushing through to the end, but I was so out of time. But this is your day. This is your season now. Thank you, Jesus. This is your time for honor. Hallelujah. Don't be surprised at those who will come bearing gifts. I just felt that. That's not in my notes. Don't be shocked if they will come bearing gifts. They won't know your needs, but they will know that it's your season. They will know they're not making a mistake. They're coming for you, and the gift they have is for you. Lift your hands. This is my season for grace, for favor.